listening to a podcast from Light FM. Oh, the weekend's over. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Monday Motivators. Woo-hoo! Helping you start the week with your best foot forward. Good morning. It's Asha Nan on a light breakfast on this Monday with you. And it seems that a lot of high-level executives suffer from a type of loneliness but don't often talk about it. And today we're very honored to have with us best-selling author and co-founder as well as managing director of Executives Global Network, EGN Singapore, Nick Johnson. Nick, can you take us back to the first time you went through executive loneliness? Sure. I built up a long career, a good career in various countries in Southeast Asia, starting as an account executive, then being general manager, general director, and so on. And I was very focused on getting the promotions, getting the bonuses. And if I'm looking back at myself, I was quite egocentric. And I think these are traits by many leaders that we could be quite self-centered. It's the way that we go to the top. But you know, if that's the way how you're leading a business and working, then eventually you're going to find yourself quite lonely. Uh, You might not then have people around your relationships and so on. So that was really when I could realize that I was not in a good state. So I've worked my way up to the top. I had everything I wanted, but I was not happy and I felt isolated. What was that moment, though, when you realized that thing you were feeling or that thing that you didn't have was actually loneliness? Because it's a difficult thing to recognize. Yes. I mean, there's one thing to be perhaps lonely or or missing someone and so on. But when it becomes chronical, when you're sitting in your office, you know, and you feel that you don't have a strong connection to your colleagues and maybe they go out for a lunch because many times you have declined the invitation to come with them on lunch because you've been sitting in the office being busy working uh, maybe you're not made the effort to connect with them socially to go for a coffee or whatever and this story i hear from so many leaders you know that you're working to get ahead you're focusing on getting the task done and you're forgetting that there's humans around you and especially as leaders we need to be for that for the teams we need to be uh, much closer to them and that was my challenge and as i mentioned many leaders i speak with these days have done the same mistakes Do you find that this is something that is endemic to Asian companies? I would say it's a global issue, but uh, Asians seem to be even more uh, private about perhaps their life, even more challenging to open up, especially if if you become a leader, then, you know, you're you're keeping quite a good facade. You want everything to look good. You you perhaps pinpoint uh, and show the good sides of yourself, but you're not so open to sharing the challenges uh, that you are going through because at the end of the day, we're all humans and it's just what we show on the outside, right? Let's talk a little bit about how you started to move forward that first step. How, how did you actually then overcome and then start your mental recovery, if that's the right words to use? Right. So it was a slow downward spiral. So around 2015 is when I was in my top job and I had everything I wanted, but I was not happy there and my health was going down. Uh, So typically I used to go to the gym or go for a jog or so after work and I stopped doing that and I I changed my diet. I started eating more fast food. I gained weight. I lost my fitness. I didn't renew my gym membership and with that uh, having gained weight and then instead of doing the gym, I went to perhaps a bar or entertainment after work instead and with that, uh, I lost the the good habits I had and uh, after about three years, I ended up in a hospital bed uh, because uh, my health was so bad and I was in a depression. Uh, So in my case, you know, I had to hit absolute rock bottom 
before I managed to find a ba- way back. Uh, and that is the sad and scary thing here because it was so slow over a few years. I didn't really realize what was happening to me. Can we go back a little bit to uh, talking about this concept of executive loneliness? Was there a missing component in the sense that were you not talking to to people of the same level people in c-suite for example yes i i didn't have um a good community outside my workplace where i could talk about my challenges i didn't want to speak internally because how can i come the whole time to my boss and say i'm, I'm you know about my challenges then i was worried that maybe they will not look after me for my next promotion i also couldn't talk to my team i'm supposed to be there to motivate them and i didn't have a mentor i didn't have a coach outside my workplace and i didn't have a safe place where I discussed these challenges. So I dealt with it myself. I also didn't want to bring it back home to my family. I worried that they will not understand. And then finally, to be, I guess, a typical male here, I had some friends that I went to watch sport with on TV and so on, but we shared the happy, good moments together, but I didn't tell them how I felt and what was going on. When you were at rock bottom, as you say, and then had to find ways to climb back out, and you know you had to speak your truth to your wife and, and obviously to family, what was a surprising thing that started to happen that was really part of your journey back into well-being? Also, the recovery was quite slow in a sense. Indeed, I told my doctor, I told my wife, and then the next step was that I joined an anonymous support group. And there's so many of these charities and organizations around. If you Google them, there's something in every city for every kind of issue. And I then joined this safe space this anonymous support group where i could share what i was going through the feelings i had and immediately i realized that i'm not the first one to go through this around the table were other people who've gone through similar challenges who now were through it who were there as volunteers to help others to go through it about one year i continued to come to these meetings almost on a daily basis and these meetings are in person you can join them virtually as well and that really helped me. So that was, you know, the eye opener. But I was not ready to tell the whole world yet. So for about one year, it was those safe, confidential, close spaces that I shared with, uh, this uh, issue with. It was only when in 2019, when I lost a friend of mine, sadly, uh, to the similar illnesses, that I decided to speak up because I realized that if I could have been more sick, I could have been gone too. So that was the eye opener for me. And that's why I wanted to look into this uh, topic further. I'd like to just touch on what you were saying earlier about finding great support strengths um, by joining anonymous groups. But you yourself have created a network, haven't you? A safe space for people who are going through this. Can you tell us a little bit about that, the creation of it and how it works, basically? Yes. So the network that I'm running in Singapore, Malaysia and Indonesia, it's basically confidential peer groups for senior executives. We have groups for senior executives, but also for entrepreneurs and business owners, even small business owners, because they also can find themselves lonely. So what is happening in these meetings is that they get together around the table and we have a facilitator there and they discuss the work-related challenges, the pressures that they are feeling, and we have a, then the facilitator to work on this and they get feedback from the others. So it is to tackle the issues and the challenges that people have before they become a mental health issue. So that is one thing that I believe that, you know, if we can just talk about the issues, and in my case, when I'm looking back at my career, if I had something like this, I might not have gone as far as uh, down as I did. 
carrying on from what Asha was asking, um, now you've coined it as a safe space for people to be vulnerable. Now, vulnerability at, at a certain level, uh, especially within the Asian context, is, is something that is, well, how do we say, well, maybe not necessarily frowned on, but uh, it's not taken as, as an indicator of strength. Right. Yes, that's right. So how do you actually encourage people to be vulnerable? So we do this by a step-by-step approach. And what we do then is create a peer group with about 20, 25 people are joining. Everyone signed a non-disclosure agreement. There's no competitors in the room. And every member has to approve the next member who's joining. So they feel that it's their network. And then our facilitator is there to really prepare everyone and warm them up before, have a call with them before they join. And even in the first session, when you join as a new member, the first thing you get to do is to stand up and explain to the group what expertise you're adding to the group and also already there the first session to highlight the number one challenge that you are facing in your workplace right now and by doing that you're starting to practice uh, that you will get the reward for opening up because immediately what will happen is the group will jump into solution mode and try to help you to solve your problem so hopefully you are leaving this first session feeling that wow this was a great experience I shared my challenge, the group worked on it, and here I have a solution. So then when you come back the next time, maybe you open up a little bit more and you share a little bit more. So it is a safe structure uh, that makes this work. Off the back of you having a breakdown, for want of a a better phrase, and then coming back and going on your own recovery and building this safe network, what's been the most surprising thing to come out of this that you never expected? That there's so many people and executives who are suffering i think and i did a survey in uh, 2019 that showed that 30 percent of the executives that i surveyed in singapore either were or had been suffering from loneliness and then the follow-up question to that was okay if you're not uh, well mentally do you talk to your employer or your boss about it and 84 percent said no they will not talk to anyone in the company about this And then the final follow-up question was, do you seek help for it then? And 75% say no. So this is really the eye-opener, you know. Having had my journey, I realized then that I'm not alone. There's so many people out there who is not feeling well, who is feeling isolated, who don't talk about it, and who also don't seek professional help for it. What is one phrase, if you had to think about it, that you would want to share with others who are struggling to start their mental recovery? Yes, don't keep it to yourself. Think about if there's a colleague, a friend, a doctor or a psychologist or someone who you can share it with or one of the anonymous support group, the charities that I mentioned. Most of them have hotlines if you Google. Give them a call and there's volunteers there helping everyone to get better. I myself is now a volunteer for two of these organizations and I'm trying to give back every day because I see it as a gift and the gift I was given, I want to give back. So do look us up. We're here to support. You obviously, as a businessman and leader, were very vigilant about working and, and, and getting the business going. I'm sure now on the other side of the coin, you're very vigilant about not allowing yourself to be tripped up. You're hyper aware of keeping your headspace in the right space. How do you do that on a daily basis? These days, indeed, I need to be very aware about this. And one way actually for me to remind myself where I am and how blessed I am is when I'm helping others. When I see others who's coming in, who's just gone through uh, a challenging time and, and, and to help them through the recovery journey themselves, that's one way. But I'm very much look after my 
uh, health as well. I try to make sure I get enough sleep. I'm eating a good diet and I exercise. So it's all these things. And then one thing that is very important that we many times overlook is relationships. And what I mean with that is if I send an email that wasn't quite right or I send a message that perhaps came out a little bit not with the right tone, I try immediately, if I can, grab myself and catch myself there and apologize, make amends to make things right, because I don't want to go to bed knowing that I upset some other person. I need to keep my side of the street clean. If you could look at a macro level, this may be oversimplifying it, but what can companies do structurally to help facilitate uh, the mental well-being of, of their senior executives or anyone in the organization? I believe that this has to start at the top. So we cannot expect uh, the ground staff to start suddenly opening up and be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable first as the leader of the organization. And that is what I'm trying to do now in my organization where my staff will listen to this interview and they can hear our boss talking about how he suffered and how he gone through it. That means that when I'm having my one-on-one meeting with him, I can share with him if I'm going through some issues. And we have a very, very open policy in my company now where people can raise their hand at any time if they're not feeling well, and I will come and see them and listen to them. There's no one who has to be shy and feeling bad about if they're going through a difficult time, and we are there to support each other. Yes, reach out. Don't just sit there in your silo thinking you're the only one going through it. There are many others and there's strength in numbers, as my mom always used to say. You can listen to our Monday Motivators sessions again on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. Thank you so much, Nick, for sharing your story today and what you're doing. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.